0: When Oprah Winfrey takes notice, you know, it's something important, something that really matters. My guest today was invited to appear on the Oprah Winfrey show. And in fact, that episode was reaired multiple times. Oprah was so impressed with how one woman started a movement, created a charity, and it had a significant impact that she shared it with her entire audience on more than one occasion. Today, I am honored and grateful to share my very intimate conversation with Genevieve Peturo, the founder of the Pajama Program. If you stay to the end, you're going to get an extraordinary gift from her, In the show notes, I'm going to include where you can find out more about what she's doing today, more about the foundation that she started, and the book that changed my life when I read it. That's why I reached out to her to be on the show. Jerefi Patour is a best-selling, five-time award-winning author, TED speaker, and She lifts as she climbs. I couldn't think of anybody better to start off season three of this podcast as we talk about living your legacy. Grab a journal, grab a pen, grab a box of tissues. I think after you listen to this episode, you're going to want to share it with other people you care about that are saying to themselves, what is my purpose? And how do I figure out how to really make that be something? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with our guest. Welcome to the Lift As You Climb podcast, where it's all about the journey and the joy of discovering who you are now deciding who you want to become, and embracing your genuine identity, influence, and impact. In each episode, we'll explore how life's experiences have prepared us for what we choose to do next, and how to create our Encore, write our own script, and star in the next stage of our lives. I'm your host, your Encore Strategist, and Transformation Catalyst, Isabel Alexander. Welcome, everyone, to today's episode of the Lift as You Climb podcast. And I am beyond excited about the possibilities of this conversation. So excited that I've already flubbed my own introduction a couple of times. So um, that may or may not stay in the outtakes. I don't know; it depends. But let me just set the stage with. There is just so much possibility that I'm bubbling over with joy and excitement and anticipation about where this conversation is going to go with a new friend. And I'm thrilled that she said old friend in our conversation, Genevieve Peturo, who is the author and the inspiration instigator behind a book that I have already consumed twice. It's called Purpose, Passion, and Pajamas. If you're watching any of this on YouTube, you're going to see the cover of that just over her shoulder. But also in our show notes today, Don't worry, we're going to have a link there for you to go and get it immediately, because you're going to want to have it. And I'm also going to be fairly confident that you're going to want to buy multiple copies like I do, to give to friends and people you care about, who are in the space that I am. And I know many of you in my orbit are of, okay, what's next? What now? We're baby boomers that have lived a life packed with lots of activities, lots of to-dos, been directed and scripted on what is the right thing to do to be considered successful in our lives. And then we come to this juncture where it's, okay, now you have some time to make some choices for yourself. Whether that's um, of your own choice or you are forced into a major transition in your life because of the end of a career or the end of a relationship or just the end of I'm so done with that. I think I've given it all and I'm ready now for something else a purpose. So I mean, couldn't be any better way to position this conversation than to introduce to you Genevieve and let her share her story of how she went from that badass, successful corporate career woman to the inspiration, the founder of an organization that's had an impact on hundreds of thousands, possibly millions of young lives, and now is changing older lives like mine, older souls, to give us some ideas on what is our passion? And how do we translate that into a purpose? And how does that become the legacy that we not only leave, but actually Live today, enjoy it, influence it, increase its impact. Genevieve, welcome to the Lift As You Climb podcast. I'm so honored to introduce you to my world.
1: Well, thank you, Isabel. Thank you for this invitation. I know we're going to have a great conversation just from the few minutes we spent before we went live. Uh,
0: well, so I set it all up a, a little without giving too much away. Um, and also let me just say your book is already thumbed and oh, look at that highlighted <laughs> and posted notes and I have gone back over the pages. I'm using your book now also for my morning pages prompt. I just flip a page, open it and I'm journaling because oh. I'm I'm still my on my own Journey and you know as much as i think i'm really special and unique i'm not i know there's millions of baby boomers that are on this path with me i'm figuring okay so really what do i want to do now and even if i allow myself the freedom to big as to dream as big and wildly as i choose i'm terrified at how do i start how do i get there and it's your story that i found comforting in that I could see how it's possible for me and others to get there uh, but because you've created a guidebook
1: oh, oh I, I'm glad I'm glad you feel that way I'm yeah glad you feel that way
0: yeah, very much so all right so I'm doing all the talking I want everybody to hear your voice your words about um how this began and they have to get they have to buy the book to get the whole damn story and to feel the emotion that I feel every time I think about how that began, but give us a
1: little preview
0: of the book.
1: Sure. Sure. And please let me say we are all, you are special and unique. We we all are. It took me, you know, 30 plus years to believe that. And it's only because I got to a point where I looked back um, and and I'll, I'll tell you what happened. You know, I always wanted to be in the entertainment business. And I always wanted to be single and a woman in a man's world in the entertainment business in a great city. And luckily for me, New York City was was right here in my backyard. But it was very hard because I was the firstborn of a very traditional, in a very traditional Italian family. Father, literally off the boat from Italy, came to make a good life for himself. You know, his father and mother planned for him to come here. He came with his father, he's 15, met my mom who was an American Italian and they planned to raise four traditional Italian kids. And I was the first one. So of course, I learned quickly that their dreams for me included going to college, but also get married and have kids, which to me, I didn't know how you could do both back then. So I didn't think that was my path. And it was really hard to tell them that I wanted to work in New York City. I wanted to leave the house, get my own place as early as I could, the day of graduation of college, and work in Manhattan. So there was that rub there, which I think is common for so many of us, at least back, you know, 30 years ago, when we were all, many of us, I won't say all, taught, get a job, get a job, get a job, get a good job, make the money, get security. I never heard anyone ask me, what's your passion? Find your passion. We all have a purpose. Do you know what yours is? Find some time to think about it. Never. It was, you know, and I had it in my own brain, find a good job, find an exciting job. And I did. And I loved my job working in TV in Manhattan. I did. I was Mary Tyler Moore's Mary Richards. That's what I wanted to be for any of those who watch Mary Tyler Moore's show from the 70s. I wanted to be her. Yeah. It's the hat off of Minneapolis. So I did everything, you know, to follow in her footsteps. And for 12 years, I was living that life and I loved it. I was traveling. I had a good position as VP marketing and the television syndication world. I owned my own co-op. I was single. I had girlfriends. I did all those fun things. Mary did. You I didn't have quite the wardrobe, but I was working on it. <laughs> and, and, it was such a crazy life. I thought it was exciting. And it wasn't until a quiet afternoon, which was rare, when I was alone, that I heard a voice in me. And, and of course, I've learned it was my voice, an inner voice, asked me a question that literally changed everything. And I heard the question in me, and, I, and I, I'm going to say it wasn't in my head. It was in my body, in my soul and it asked, myself asked me, if this is the next 30 years of your life, is this enough? And it stopped me cold. And within seconds, Isabel, I knew something's missing. I had been running so fast, as so many of us do, that I wasn't feeling anything except that frenetic energy that we might say is enthusiasm and excitement. And of course, looking back, that's what it was crazy energy that i was absorbed in and when i thought about what could possibly be missing because i answered myself quickly no 30 years i don't want it i don't want this life after i got over the initial shock of saying no i realized one of the things a family that my family and my parents really instilled in me was missing i had them of course and i had sister sister and brother's But I didn't plan to have my own family. And I thought I would love to find a way to bring children into my life. And, of course, I couldn't imagine how at that point. But then I thought, you know, I saw this awful news report about a child being taken out of a place that was home in the worst way by those who loved him. And the police brought him to an emergency shelter. And I knew this wasn't the first time I'd seen a story like this. And I called the police and I asked, where do you bring these children? Something in me said, these children might be a place where you could bring love and comfort. Never did I think what I would get in receipt in return, but I can tell you I have received more than I have given from those children who you would think had so little to give. But when I called and asked if I could come and read to the children in these emergency shelters at night, I was welcomed in. That was over 20 years ago. It's not so easy just to say, hi, I'm a nice person. Can I come and read in a shelter? But thankfully I was welcomed in okay. and I would read at night children's storybooks. that I would bring in my, I was in my business suit after work and I'd go and I'd sit on the floor of, of an emergency shelter with a dozen or so children that were brought in that day. You know? And they just needed the kids to be settled and quiet because they were being processed and they had to do a lot of, you know, background work to set up what the next step would be for these kids. And it was such a a silent hour, 45 minutes. They didn't say anything. Some of them were crying. I could tell by what they were wearing and how they looked that it had been traumatic. Whatever it was, was traumatic, right? So I did this week after week, sometimes twice a week, different kids. I never felt more grounded. Now, granted, we didn't talk because they were just not in a place, you know, to to have a conversation. And I didn't have anything I could say except just to be present with them. And I felt so grounded. I was for the first time in my body and I felt connected to these children. And one night after we finished reading, I was finished reading to them. I followed to see where they were going to sleep at night in the shelter. And the staff were wonderful and they let me follow. And I followed them to a room where they brought the children, which was equally bare, as bare as the one I had read to them in. A couple of futons and and beds and single beds and cots and huddled together on some of the surfaces and there wasn't anything for them to change into. Some of them had clothes that were tired or soiled, but they were safe. I knew they were safe and I knew the, the staff cared, but it was always an emergency situation, you know, so they were prepared as best they could be. And when I stared at this scene, I had these memories of my mom at my bedside, my sister's bedside, my brother's. And I heard the giggling from my my room, my brother's room. My sister and I would be begging my mother for more stories and of course, snacks and laughter and hugs and kisses. And we were in pajamas, of course. And that's what stood out. These children were in these clothes that were so uncomfortable, so tight, so dirty. And I just, I kept thinking, how are they gonna fall asleep? My heart was breaking watching them trying to get comfortable. And as they were, the staff were bringing me back to the door to leave, I turned and I said, can I bring some pajamas next time, you think? And one of the staff said, that'd be so nice. No one thinks of pajamas. And I knew that they were doing their best to keep these kids clean, but there wasn't enough ever could be enough to take care of every child that walked in. So I brought pajamas the next week. I was so excited with the books. And that night I read the stories and I started to hand the children their pajamas. And I had so many because I didn't want any child to be left out. Boy, a girl the right size, So I eagerly pulled a pair of pajamas and, you know, handed them out with a a smile and a, you know, I couldn't touch them. So I just tried to gently, you know, give them the pajamas and they took them and went into the other room with the staff. But there was one little girl who was so, so afraid of me, of anything to do with me. And I tried to give her a pair of pink pajamas and she just backed up and she said, No, 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 and she shook her head. But she wanted to watch me give them to the other kids. But every time I tried to give her those pink pajamas, she was too frightened. So she watched me at the end of the evening when the other children had taken been taken into that room with the pajamas they did take. I tried one more time with her and I gently kneeled in front of her and I tried to talk her into touching them, how soft they would feel, how they were pink and she had a little pink in her in her shirt that was dirty and her pants were so short and her shoes were so big, her sneakers and her pigtails were lopsided. And I just tried one more time, and I just said a prayer. I said, hey, "Don't you want to take your pajamas? they Will fit you. You could keep them. They're so soft." And she leaned in and she whispered, "What are pajamas? What are these?" And I didn't. I. I. I mean, I didn't think I heard her right, but of course I did. She didn't know what they were, and. I explained to this little girl what pajamas are. And, and half of me was saying, I can't believe I have to explain this. This is the worst thing in the world. And the other half was trying not to let her see that she rattled me for fear that she'd think she did something wrong and I'd spook her even more. Right. So I explained that she could have them, to sleep, how soft and how good she'll sleep in them. So she took them and, and they went into the other room. And as I got up, I saw her peek out with the pajamas on. And she gave me the tiniest little smile. And and that was it. Isabel, I, I, that was it. I was done with life as I knew it. And all I wanted to do was make lists of all these kids and just buy pajamas and, and tell the whole world, you know, I need help. And it, it was just life-changing. I mean, totally, totally life-changing. I, I could never have imagined that that could happen to me. I think a million thoughts are going through my my
0: mind, but what is coming to the forefront is that for anybody who's listening to what you just said, I hope that you get that it just, it comes and gets you <laughs> um, yeah. love to be open and allow it to take you. And, uh, I, I know that took courage and it must have defied a lot of logic and conversations because obviously you were a, a pragmatic, practical, successful corporate woman on a track that you chose for yourself and all those things. And then suddenly, out of left field, the universe goes, Genevieve, this is this is what you do. This is who you are. This is why I, I, I was say to my clients, don't worry. You know, reinvention doesn't have to be as frightening, as intimidating, because you're not starting over. You're not starting from scratch. You're starting from experience. And you already had a lot of experience that you didn't realize at the time was going to help you with the skills and the abilities and the connections, Right.
1: And yes that's true that's true and, and like i said before you are special and unique and your purpose finds you or you meet yeah at, at the right time Is looking for you you're looking for it yeah and you you may or may not you may have an inkling a lot of people have an inkling they're afraid to trust that and they stay with the you know the sure thing yeah. but um you don't always you can't imagine what it could be you just have to be open this is like
0: again a gift from you is that um building the confidence to trust yourself is the that's that's the only way that you're going to get from that little inkling of an idea or an encounter as you had to um to your purpose to passionately bringing it to life and and making it whatever it is. And it it doesn't have to start gigantic, right? Mm-hmm.
1: You start very small. I started just me. I didn't tell anyone, you know, as much as I wanted to tell everyone, I, I didn't, because when I started thinking, what do I tell them? It didn't, there wasn't a way that it sounded, um, you know, like a semi-smart person would sound, it sounded <laughs> ridiculous. And, you know, in my book, as, as you know, you probably read this, the story of what happened when I finally did take a chance and, and tell someone it wasn't good. So it set me back, you know, but, but more about that another time.
0: Yep, and that's another conversation that we could have with everything uh, and everyone about along the way, um, not everybody wants to see you change and grow in this way because it's unsettling for them. Yeah, Yeah. and we can go deeper into into that. But I'd like to just continue on because I think there's just that moment of of comprehension for me when I was reading the story, that that little girl did not have in her life experience yet, or her vocabulary, something that most of us take for granted, pajamas, something clean and comforting to sleep in. And perhaps she didn't have anything that was actually hers new and meant to make her feel special and seen and recognized, and you you gave her such a huge thing that night. But I could understand why she would have been reluctant in the beginning because, um, you know, perhaps gifts in the past were attached to negative Definitely. experiences. So, yes. Yes. Um, so thank you for your wisdom in that moment of going gently with her.
1: Yeah. You, um, cool. you know i i didn't you, what you're saying is 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 so true um but i didn't know to trust anything that's why i think i try to to teach and help other people to know that it's one step at a time if you if you understand this is coming from a deeper place and maybe you've ever come from yeah. then try to understand that you're being guided yes it's, it's up to you to take the action, the inspired action. But you don't have to know everything. And that shouldn't stop you because it could have stopped me. I don't know. I honestly don't know, looking back, and I've written it, how I got from sometimes D to E. You know, I could get from A to C. We probably all get get from, you know, A to C. But it's getting in the middle, getting to the next step. When you've got so much on the line because you've invested so much that getting from, you know, letter M to N is a huge leap of faith, maybe financially, maybe, you know, because you have so much to lose already and you have so far to go. There's just faith in yourself. And as I always say, in the universe, it's your silent partner. Yes. And I again, I love how you break it down and make it so
0: relatable and understandable. You're right. From A to C most of us would allow that to happen there's a lot of resistance and uh, you know obstacle setting that many of us will do to go a little farther up the alphabet and you're right you don't have to know um you know the the NASA example you don't know how to, you don't have need to know how to get to the moon just get there and then you know reverse engineer the process right <laughs> Right. Or Steve Jobs would say, like, you know, the dot the dots don't connect going forward. They're right. going backwards. Exactly. But not yeah. So there's a whole aspect around that about building that confidence and trust and um wanting to change, right? And you you mm-hmm. wanted, you allowed that something was missing in your life that you wanted more of, not that you wanted to jettison everything that you had at that point but there was something more and for us to be able to step outside the um the script that we grew up with about what's appropriate at what time you know i'm i'm um you know, I'm in the on the second half of my sixth decade. And it's like, well, the script that they handed me before my woman, you all said by this age, I should be starting to contract and think smaller, Mm -hmm. less risk, right? Right, right. Uh, And I got to that stage and went, I don't like it here. This doesn't feel like I thought it was supposed to. That wasn't what I was expecting. Not that I really thought a lot about it. I just believed the paradigm that was handed to me. And um, so like you, my my moment was the day I woke up and said, who am I now? That's amazing.
1: Yeah. And yours was? If this is the next 30 years of my life. Yeah. 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 All right. Goals change too. I mean, right? The goals change. That's that's a big adjustment, and uh,
0: accepting that not only is that okay, but it's actually rather necessary, right? Mm Yeah. Because when we set goals, that's who we were at the time. We, you know, we had those values, we had those experiences, uh, resources, but then stuff changes.
1: Yeah. And we also had other people in our ears. You know, you're younger, there are a lot of influences. And until you get to a certain either age or experience or distance, they've got your ear.
0: Yes, I uh, understand that. And it's not always a comfortable place to be in to figure out how you can't, you know, get rid of everybody in your life. Uh, but how do you reprioritize their influence on you? And um, how do you continue to um, love them for who they are, and the, the role that they have played in your life, but make space? for bigger influences. And and so that's what I like about your, um, so maybe just jumping ahead and and sort of giving a little sneak peek for everybody after uh, creating and building the foundation, which took a long time and a lot of hard work on your point, and wearing out a lot of great shoes. Then you went on to do something even more influential, and that is to help other people figure out um, what their purpose is, what their
1: passion is and what, well, right. Well, while growing what I called pajama program, um, -hmm. lots of, um, mysterious ways the name came about and it's in the book and one step in front of the other and, you know, telling, telling people and getting the courage to do certain things and and a lot of mishaps. I'm very honest in the book, you know, running up the credit cards was not the best idea I ever had. Um, but, you know, I was blinded, blinded by these what I wanted to do. So, I I grew pajama program for 20 years now, 40 some chapters around the U.S. and over seven million pajamas and books to to children who need them. And you know, preparing them for a good night for for a good day. Their sleep is important. And like from that first day, I couldn't imagine how they could even fall asleep. Never mind not have a nightmare, sleeping under those conditions. So. It's um, it's all about the children and and that precious bedtime, and what happens then determines the day they're going to have tomorrow. So mm-hmm. that I was executive director for twenty years, and of course I'm the founder, mm-hmm. and uh, all through that time, people would ask and have we'd have conversations a little bit like what you and I are having, Isabel. How did you do it? How can I do it? You know, and people would confide in me, tell me that you know they are. Uh, an accountant, or they are an attorney or something. And, you know, really, they wanted to be a musician, or they always love to play, you know, a, a sport or something. And they just thought, oh, what are my chances? You know, this is much more secure. And otherwise, my family, you know, is in the business. So I started to hear a lot of people's secret desires about what they really felt they wanted to do. And I started to help and mentor and and speak about this crazy thing that happened with me and this question that started it all about 30 years. And so I realized after 20 years and never imagining Pajama Program would grow as it did, but thankfully, thank God it did, I decided to to write the book because I could never find time to write it while I was running Pajama Program. So I wanted to write it and I wanted to speak not just have individual clients, which I do have to help them take the next step into their real purpose, but also to help inspire people who are part of teams, companies, large organizations to find purpose in what they're doing, to find purpose within their team, meet the goals as, as a team player, to help the leaders communicate the purpose of what they're doing and how it makes a difference, not just you know get to the bottom line. And I didn't know that COVID was going to be right there and purpose was going to be the word after pivot, the P word after pivot. You know, another example to me, you know, when I get down, oh, you know, COVID was so hard. And um, it's another example. If you relinquish the tight hold you have on controlling everything, all these mysterious signs come from the universe and people appear in your path. And I started to teach and speak on what I felt were the two pillars that got me knowing nothing about nonprofit, how, how it, it helps us get to success. And the two pillars are, are purpose and the human connection. And there are so many stories in my book, and I could relate so many more, on how it, it's not the power of one that changes anything. It's the power of one another that moves mountains and moves people. And that's those are the pillars, the human connection and finding and leading with purpose that make us individually successful and make our company successful.
0: Thank you for introducing that very, very powerful guidepost, the power of, of one another, because that that was a wow for me also in reading and thinking absolutely posit- positively. Going, trying to go alone in your life, you can go pretty far, but if you really want to go Farther, as they say, you know, travel, travel with others, and being opened t- to knowing that uh, other people have strengths and resources and abilities uh, that complement yours, and drawing those people in. I, I, I was very, um, really tuned into that. That was like a a radio signal that went up for me in the book as well to say, yeah, remember this. Starting to figure out who you are now and why your life matters or what you want to do next, who you want to become next, doesn't have to be so scary if you're not traveling that path alone. That you're very carefully curating and nurturing the people around you that you need to learn things from. And who are willing to, in my vocabulary, lift you as you're climbing, um, and so that that was so really really cool. I, I also was very. Um, in chapter nine, you talk about about the maybe more of the organizational structure of creating your your passion project and and having a a vision and a missions mission statement. And I went, ah, oh, you know. Put it in a business context. Yes, right. of course. And then that sets you up for, okay, this, these are the steps, right? Mm-hmm. This is what we need to do next. And taking that action, as you said, and who who are the who's that you need around you to accomplish the how's, right? Right,
1: right. And while I always encourage my clients and, and others to reach out. Because you will be shocked at how many people will want to help and will answer your, your call if you're sincere and you are passionate and you're enthusiastic about what you're doing. And also, you have to know that just mysteriously, the right people will just pop up, will come to you, will find you when you are reaching out. It's just the way the universe works, you know, it's another universal law. So as long as you are reaching out and you're putting out what you need, whether it's in a prayer, whether it's uh, you, if you write down, you know, every morning, the 10 things I need today, people, the right people will find you because when you are on purpose, you're on a path and everybody has a path. And those who are, are on their purpose that meld with yours that where they can help, they find you. You find them. You find each other. And there's no way to explain it um it's just something you have to see and you will see and then you'll believe more and more
0: all right well one of my favorite things is my pre-sunrise walk Mm. i really do enjoy getting out uh so that i'm at a certain point on the lake uh when the sun is rising and when i'm you know um Batching my activities and, and really making, taking advantage of that selfish time for me. I'm also listening to audible books. And this morning, there are no coincidences, right? Okay. <laughs> this morning, I was listening to Mel Robbins, book, The High Five Life. And she was talking about the reticular activating system, the RAS which is a part of our brain. She describes it as like a hairnet of neurons that are, in her words, the bouncer for what our brain lets in because we are being bombarded by data constantly, right? And whether that data is information or people or relationships or visuals, whatever it is, we actually have a scientific proof of part of our brain. Everybody has this, you know, you don't have to be, you don't have to be Oprah. (laughs) I'll drop that one for a conversation later. Uh, We all have it that we have help from our brain to make us aware of what's already around us. And so when you are attracting those people to you, those are resources that information, that knowledge that you, because you are part of my journey of, I wanted help to figure out, I have a dream. I have a passion to build the Lift As You Climb foundation. And I was. it was so big that I thought, I can't do this. I don't know how. And then when I started to think about that, say to my brain, it's important to me that I figure out how to do this, that I, that I am confident that it is possible to live this dream and make it be my legacy. Bingo. You come into my orbit, my awareness, uh, because of a podcast I randomly listened to one day, Thank you, Jennifer Arthurton, Old chick <laughs> of shit Podcast. Put that link also in our show notes. Um, so it isn't random woo-woo uh, anything. It's not good luck. It's not just you get it and I don't. We all have this ability. Once we say, hmm, this is what I'm interested in. Now be careful; it can work the other way because it's uh, as as someone else I admire very much um, said, "What you think about, you bring about." I'll put the link in that in the notes as well. Uh, it's the same work way works for uh, the the Raz. So, thinking about what could go wrong or what could go right, whichever way you're going to get it. So. I agree. Thank you for letting me take you on my morning walk for a moment. Now we're back to the studio. Okay. So I, again, there's just like a lot, there's a lot of context in the book about how you got from what are pajamas and that young girl who changed all of our lives Mm -hmm. because of your book to knowing that this was something bigger and that you couldn't just keep maxing out your credit cards and taking up all your personal living space with anything that you could uh, get donated to. How the heck did you get on the Oprah show and get <laughs> Oprah on your team? Because Oprah's been on my vision board for a long time. So,
1: Yeah, she was, she was on my vision board. My husband teaches meditation. He's uh, very spiritual. Um I met him at the very beginning of this whole journey, which was also a sign. Um and because you can see how in, in the book, you could read how in the book. But um, you know, he, he asked me one day what would change everything, you know, in the middle of my struggle in the first couple of years, and, and I jokingly, half jokingly said, you know, getting on Oprah. And he said, Come on, let's work on it, let's visualize it. And I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know a vision board. And I said, Yeah, right, everybody wants to get on Oprah. And it happened and they, I was in the middle, I I was by myself and I got a call and the woman said, hi, I'm so-and-so producer on the Oprah Winfrey show. Do you have a minute? Uh, Of course I have a minute. (laughs) I stayed somehow miraculously poised and answered the questions like a semi-smart person because half of me was screaming out loud in my head trying to, yeah, muck it up for the other half of me that was trying to stay on track and over the course of a couple of weeks they called with more questions and continued our conversations and i didn't tell a soul not my husband nobody i just didn't want to jinx it i just wanted to wait and if nothing had ever happened then it was a secret i held forever and if it was going to happen then of course i could tell the world and they they said you're going to be on and it was it was incredible, and, and I won't spoil it, so for any of your viewers or listeners, if you just Google my name on Oprah, you will see, and it is quite a surprise. And they aired it three times. It's still aired, and a snippet of it was in her final show. So it's it, just watch it, because it's just a human interest story about connecting um, heart to heart. It's It's just, that's all I'll say, and um, I'd love to hear if anybody watches it, what what they think. If you, you know, just email me on my website. I'd love to know. But it's just, it's nobody does like Oprah.
0: I have only read clips, but oh, okay. right now I'm definitely I'm uh, I'm gonna find yes, segment. all in because it's so fabulous and and I am I really. I mean, again, I, I you're you're right about you attracted the man in your life who brought that element into you, the visualization, the understanding that it is possible to manifest something if you believe it mm-hmm. see it and achieve it I I create I have a, I created this process for myself uh, throughout my lifetime without knowing that it was called a vision board mm-hmm. because I was the the single teen mom who didn't have much of anything mm-hmm. and after my son was in bed at, uh, asleep at night I would sit with the do you remember the series? Christmas wish book catalogs.
1: I remember Sears catalogs. I don't remember that they had a wish list. Okay.
0: I don't know if it was just a Canadian thing or not, but at Christmas time, they came out with this extraordinary, it would be like Oprah's magazine of all the favorite things and beautiful photography and, you know, uh, very coiffed people and scenes and all the best new toys, all the Fisher Price stuff, all that stuff. And I would sit in bed uh, in my shitty cold dark basement apartment and go through those pages again and again and I would fold down the corners and I would put uh, markers in the pages and I would draw circles around I'm going to when I have enough money I'm going to get that for us I'm going to buy that for us. oh this is what our dinner table will look like yes
1: yeah, yes yeah.
0: and I did that uh night after night because I didn't even have television or cable or anything back then I was only 16 and um heck years later I find out this is a thing this is a visual <laughs> thing yeah. as
1: a name right
0: <laughs> yeah but and it and, and I can tell you that um very very much maybe all of what I I longed
1: manifested,
0: for, yeah came maybe you know it's not exactly in the same form but similar this or better kind of thing so over the years then as a business owner and learning the process of strategic planning and still you know recognizing how impactful uh, visualization was in my life i created an online program called the visual encore plan and taking all of the elements that we're talking about you know touching base with your values and what's your purpose now and what do you want your life to look like and who are the people you want to have in it and what is your mantra your your uh theme for that period like the one i'm I'm creating right now my my word for the year my theme is tune in uh, because i'm aware that i i've I've been kind of uh, a little staticky in the past year and and kind of flipping channels and stuff. And I, it hasn't given me the life that I wanted, the experience that I wanted.
1: And so I thought, okay, that's it. I'm dialing in. That's great. That's, that's a great adjustment, shall we say. Yeah. yeah, I know. I'm always adjusting. That's great. Brilliant, actually.
0: Thank you. All right. All right, so because I want to keep you forever, but I know that you have other people and other pajamas to handle. (laughs) I, I would think, you know, this all is very exciting, and I hope inspiring to people who are listening to, to if you don't have an idea yet, to just know that, it's possible, and people like Genevieve, people like myself, and many, many others. You don't have to be Bill and Melinda Gates to start a foundation, to start a movement, to help build a charity, or to give back in any way. It doesn't even have to be a registered nonprofit, uh, or you know something that um, uh, it 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 just. It has to be something, right, to start to have a purpose
1: in your life. Yeah, and I and I say this all the time: it having your purpose doesn't mean having a nonprofit. It doesn't mean it means do and make a profit at what you love to do. There are plenty of people you mentioned, Oprah. Nobody's on purpose like that woman, and I think she makes a profit. So find what you love, and you know, I worried of course about the money. I mean, I was in a bad situation. I was worried about it. Who would ever think I could never figure out how I could ever pay my mortgage, handing pajamas to these children. I didn't know what a 501c3 is. I didn't know, you know, what could happen. And I work with people all the time. If you bring your purpose into your life, whether it's a jump or or a slide, it will change. It will change your life. So if you have a, a good job that you like, but it's not your purpose. And your purpose is singing. Let's talk. I invite anybody to, you know, I always give the first hour free, hour and a half, whatever you need, just to talk it out so you're not alone. And there's so many ways to bring that passion, whatever it is, into your life that changes your outlook on life and your job becomes brighter because you've allowed yourself this freedom of expression with your purpose. Thank you. Because you just sparked another
0: thought. You don't have to wait till you're retired. You don't have to leave one thing entirely. And as you say, jump over here. You don't have to go from uh, rooftop to rooftop and leave everything behind. Mm-hmm. You start where you are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I call it a slide. Yep. slide. I love that. It will change everything. It's like giving yourself a gift that you have shut away in a dark closet with, you know, dust and cobwebs. And it's depressing and sad to you when you think about what's hidden in that closet, never seeing the light. And when you open that closet and you slide it into your life, in even a small way, the sun comes out. It's amazing. It's amazing.
0: It is amazing. And I, it I it see is. it's, it's what it becomes a ripple effect too. Cause I think about, you know, that, Decision for you that day to take the pajamas and to begin there, how that's rippled out and affected so many others in their lives. In fact, I I think I recall reading in your book um, some, some statements by people who had been affected by somebody taking a moment in life to recognize them, to make them feel loved to make them feel worthy and then how they took that and paid it not only forward, but magnified it in life. And we just never know. But if, if we don't do anything, there's no
1: sound, there's no effect. Right. 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 You don't know who you've touched. I mean, it's all around us at this season, but it's a wonderful life. You know, you don't know when you you know when you start your life the people that you're going to impact the smallest in the smallest ways that come back just when you need a hand up
0: amazing i um i would very much like the opportunity to have you come back again and again because i think we've just unpacked the tiniest bit of the confidence and the process of doing something in your life that makes you feel validated and worthy and like your life mattered. And if you think that's too selfish, then think about if you don't, who else will not be affected by that and to begin and to do that going forward. Now, for sure, we're going to put everything in the show notes about where people can find you and follow you and get the book and read it and make vision boards and, and really get started on this incredible next 30, 40, 50, whatever. Even if it's five minutes of your life, just do it, make it happen. Could you give me like one or two or three sort of Just do this to get started
1: ideas for people? Um, Absolutely. On my website, GenevievePeturo.com, go to my blog. Um, A year ago, I did post something so that I could help people. And it's. I believe the blog is called Four Steps to Purpose. And it is an exercise that I do with all of my clients. And you can do that exercise. Do it. Seriously, take it seriously. Give yourself that 90 minutes, read through, do it, and again, feel free to contact me if I can help.
0: I couldn't ask for better. Thank Mm -hmm. you, that is truly a gift. It's very perfect for for me because as we're recording this episode, it's just a couple of days before the end of a calendar year, Mm -hmm. and um. I know that I have many, many more years ahead of me, and and I am I'm I'm asking myself that question regularly. Who am I now, and more importantly, who do I want to become next? So I'm going to I'm going to get myself a great bottle of bubbly.
1: <laughs> good, good, form, good. And New Year's Eve, I think perfect timing. I have a new ritual. This will be my new. great. New- Let me know how it goes. Tell me how I can help. I promise you that you will know for sure and the world
0: will know. And I kind of think it's something that should be an annual thing or more often, right? I
1: like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you again. And thanks to all that are listening. Please don't, don't waste another moment wondering how to do it. The clues are here. The cues are here in this episode. Listen to it, replay it, and share it, for God's sakes, share it with all the other people around you that you care about and and know that all of you make this like collective tsunami of difference in the world by just beginning one step at a time. Thank you very much. And we will be in touch soon.
1: And I'm gonna do <laughs> I'm, so ex- I'm so excited to hear what you get out of it and to, to talk about whatever you want to talk about. Isabel, this has been so much fun, like girlfriends talking, like old girlfriends talking. Not old, old in, in time, not in age. <laughs> you
0: know, I would rather be old than not. Uh and- <laughs> I'm, I'm just, you know, I have a new perspective and a new appreciation for my age me, and yeah, the too. ability that I am now standing on a platform, looking up and out, uh, that I have a lifetime, as I said, not starting from scratch. Um, in fact, I I because I was that teen mom and and had a different uh, course in months. I I didn't go to college, but I gave myself a degree. Well, actually, someone else that I I met along the way who really lifted me up said, "Doesn't matter if you went to college. You have a degree. It's QBE." I said, "What QBE?" He said, "Yeah, qualified by experience."
1: Oh, good, perfect. Q-B-E. Yes.
0: And I think for all of us, you can have that. Um, you can have that degree and you can put that on your business card, put it on your website, wherever. Just remember that it's, it's like this degree that never finishes. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Yeah. All right. Thank you again. And i um,
1: deeply, deeply grateful. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk again.
0: Thank you for spending this time with me. I hope our conversation added value to your day and expanded your vision for your legacy and impact. Please join me in increasing my impact and expanding my reach to even more people by sharing this episode on social media, with friends, and leaving a review on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or channel of choice. To catch all the latest from me, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform connect with me and others in our community Facebook group, the Lift As You Climb Movement, where you can engage, be inspired by, and grow with a tribe of like-minded people. As I evolve as a podcaster and spokeswoman for collaboration and economic empowerment, your input and feedback are especially important to me. I welcome your suggestions and questions to hello at theencorecatalyst.com. Until we meet again, please remember your success may be the foundation for someone else's. Together, we can raise success ladders around the world.